Hello, my name is Mike Grain. Welcome to the Supply Chain Management Research Council focused on on-shelf availability. I'm your host today, and I'm joined today by Pierre-Marie Ralu, who's the CEO of One Retail AI. They are a company that works very closely with SES Imagotag to understand on-shelf availability using computer images. Please join me for, with my conversation with Pierre. Well, let's go back to let's go back to the solution that you offer. You've obviously done a lot of research about this. Tell us some what the and we already talked about the fact that it's not just technology. There's a people component. There's a process component. There's a technology component. What's best practices if somebody was trying to do computer vision to generate a list of out of stocks or incorrect products, et cetera, for their team, whether it's your solution or somebody else's, what are the best practices to utilize to, to, to put that in and make that work? So um, in the, in, in the, in the world of SES, for example, I mean, there is the world of, I mean, do we have share, uh, do we have for example ESLs or not on the on the on the on the on the shelf and that's that's, that's fine but having ESLs as you mentioned earlier well get the price and promotions velocity and things like that but they also sync with the cameras and and uh, and and it and it and it helps the cameras to uh, to always stay in sync in the meantime uh the AI algorithm uh, are analyzing the products in near real time as well so it can work in both in both uh, both worlds in terms of in terms of how do we make that happen, the the technology itself works. I mean, there's there's no problem, but on the fact that it's going to find your your it's going to find your hole, it's going to work. Or at least for the one I've tested and I and I know pretty well, the, the one within the CS framework, they work pretty well. So the technology works. But as I mentioned earlier, I mean, it's people, process, and technology. And having a, the you can have the best tool in the world if you don't know how to use it, and it's pretty useless. So. So what, what we've seen is it's very important for, uh, for, uh, for a retailer and also for the vendor to work together. I mean, uh, my, my team spent a lot of time in, in the store uh, with the store managers, try to understand, for example, what's the day in the life of the before, before the technology? What's the day in the life look like? And you could imagine like every grocery store is the same. Wow, every grocery store is slightly different. Yeah. And so, and the devil is in the details. So spending the time to understand the process, the existing process, and then looking at how the technology can actually bring the value. You don't need to bring a, a revolution. Uh, I mean, that you can start with an evolution. And, and then, then looking forward with multiple evolutions, you're going to bring a revolution eventually. Um, and the other thing which is super interesting with those technologies, and I'm, and I'm looking at most of the in-store IOTs that we have, you can test them pretty easily. It doesn't require to have IT teams involved, having hundreds of interface and integration built. I mean, it can be light touch on the technology. It will be light touch on the technology. And then you can test in one store or two stores or a couple of stores uh, to, see, to see the value. And, uh, and, and, and uh, today, a lot of, I mean, if you look at the spectrum of the retail uh, in North America, well, you have the biggest retailer in the world, but you also have a, a very large number of local retailers, I mean, small to mid-size, who might think they don't have the bandwidth to, 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 to go with that kind of technology. But 
mean, respectively, I mean, I've been in the software business for 20 years, and it's much easier to install, for example, a computer vision, a camera, and a computer vision, than having an, an, a perpetual inventory and, and store replenishment in place. Just because in terms of technology, it's much, in terms of data, it's much lighter touch to start with. It's easy to install, it's physical, you can see it, and you can see the result quickly. So, so best practice, I would say, well, first of all, try it. Don't, don't feel free to try it. And, and the other thing is that cost-wise, um, we were not where we were five to six years ago. The technology five or six years ago was three times more expensive and was working a quarter or a tenth of what it does today. So we're in a much better place than, than we were five years ago. And, um, and, and there's a thing. And, and, and again, minimum investment in terms of IT and, 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 and data. So I think, I think that's, uh, that's something that's very, uh, that's very important to keep in mind for all the retailers out there. Okay. Excellent. So you've told us what the best practices are. Again, promoting your Coca-Cola from your wife. That's awesome. A little friendly sponsorship there. Um, what are the watchouts? There's a brand here, by the way. <laughs> what are the watchouts? What, what are the things that people do that get them into trouble? They try and leverage the technology, but they just make mistakes. What are the, some of the common mistakes you've seen been made when they're trying to implement these solutions? Well, I think that, I mean, I've talked to, I've talked to retailers that have a, a very preconceived idea of what they wanted to achieve. And that was not exactly what the technology was designed for. And yeah. so trying to, and, and trying to get out of the, the, the boundary is possible, but it's a, it, it requires a partnership. Mm -hmm. Then you have to go, you have to be ready to go through the journey of, I mean, you know, exploring uh, emerging, emerging technology boundaries. And it can be painful, I mean, believe me. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so well, one of the boundaries to, to understand, okay, what are the existing business cases? What has happened out there? What works? Uh, call deals or retailers, try to understand what they do and, and, and what is being done. I think it's one thing. The other thing is to, uh, to go a step further and making sure you work with a partner, a vendor, that is going to spend the time with you, again, as mentioned, to get in the store, know your processes, know, know what happened. I mean, again, that type of technology, we are still, we, we are not in the, in the cookie cutter type of technology where it implements, you do it. It's still a bit tailored. Uh, doesn't have to take, I mean, months and weeks and months and things like that, but at least doing the initial assessment of what's your day-to-day, -day, what's the impact on your process. Doesn't have to be huge, but needs to be done. I think that's important. The other thing is, as I mentioned, you can start with very limited data set, but what comes with very limited data set is limited business case in front of it. So for example, if you put a camera, you fit the, you fit the system with your list of products, okay? And then you're going to start uh, start crunching the data and give you okay where are the outs okay well technically you can go on the shelf scan yourself and you see where the outs are right so it gives you that visibility without having to walk the shelf which is a great great value already now if you have the capability to bring to fit the system with your inventory well it's going to benchmark what you have on the shelf mm -hmm. and what you're supposed to have on your shelf. And it's going to tell you, hey, go and check those 50 products because you have you have stock on that product, but it's empty on the shelf. 
Mm-hmm. So, so they give you a much better business case because now you're narrowing the scope of the product that you need to check. Now, if you also feed the system, and, and I mean, these are, these are relatively simple set of data, but if you're feeding the system with average sales, for example, now the system, instead of only telling you measurement around out of stock, out of stock, sorry, and out of stock duration, is going to give you potential lost sales which is a much better KPI than just the out of stocks because having a, an out on a high velocity product, high margin product is much more impacting than having an out on a product that doesn't turn. Yep. And so what you want to check is, is focusing on what is essential and, uh, and what makes sense. And, and therefore, I mean, being able to get some of those data ready, you can unlock more business cases. And then after you can integrate the planogram, do the planogram compliance, you can do the, the price and promo checks and things like that. There are much more you can you can involve with that technology as well. Yep. So I know that you know this person pretty well. So she's asking this question. I'm not. But Susie Monfort has asked, how do you track uh, inventory that's in the back room? Well, that's a very, very, very good point. So <laughs> that's probably I'm, I'm why she me. that's probably why she asked it. She's wicked <laughs> smart in this spot. She spent a lot of time exactly, with Kroger. Yeah. She knew that that was going to be a very tough question. So take it over to you. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are multiple ways to do it. I mean, well, of course, I mean, Suzy knows retail pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> it's an euphemism. euphemism. The, uh, the, um, uh, the, so the number one, the number one, I mean, problem in the in the in the grocery store that you might know your quantity in a hand, more or less. Usually, usually balance on hand is no more accurate than 85 percent. If so, that, yep. but you, you can you can you can yeah, if that you can so you can know what you have on hand, but you don't know where this is in the store, and mm. you have the back and the front, obviously, and on the front you will have multiple locations. You have your end right. caps, you have your main location, your primary location and maybe two uh, secondary locations. So you might have multiple locations as well. So in knowing what you have in the, in the, in the, what you have in the back is interesting, obviously, because like, I mean, that tells you what to transfer, what to transfer it and things like that. Now, if you're in the, if you're in the warehouse with a very high, velo- uh, if you're in, sorry, in the grocery store, for example, with a very high velocity turn, the pallets comes from the warehouse or from the DSD. I mean, those pallets are always multi-products, right? So, uh, so they come in. Usually, usually they come in. They they go straight to the floor, and then they might come back with whatever leftovers are. Well, there are multiple type of retailers there. So, if you have standard groceries, I work with standard, I work with many grocery stores that have a very very lean back home. They really have don't have a lot. And the policy is that, okay, if you have less than the case, it has to stay on the shelf. If you have more than the case, bring it back. If you bring it back on the case, then it can be organized on, on the back room. And if the back room is relatively well organized, then you can, uh, then you can have different systems to uh, measure the, the, <laughs> to measure the, uh, the, level, the level of inventory you have in the back room. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be at the skew because it's at the case, but at least you can recognize this case pack as you recognize the uh, the the, the skew on, on, on the front. So that's one possibility. And then you also have, I mean, depending on the type of retail, uh, for example, if you look at a pharmacy, I mean, I'm uh, very close to a very large chain of pharmacies and their back room are extremely well organized. So, um, so it's kind of easy to, uh, it's easy to track uh, w- what's in the back as soon as you get organized in the back room. So, Understanding what's in the back room, there are multiple, you can, uh, then after you can use scale, depending on your type of retail, you can use 
cameras. You can, uh, you can, there are many ways to measure, but ultimately it's a matter of labor versus return. It's always a matter of labor versus yep. return. So uh, for some categories, can be really interesting. For some others, there's zero value to try to, to count what's in the back. So, uh, so that, that's a little bit. And then the fact of scanning what's from the back to the front is extremely consuming. Nobody does that. I mean, we've tried that. It's extremely labor consuming and that's not something which is possible. So, so, uh, so ultimately, uh, ultimately the idea is that keep in the back just your cases and things like that. Uh, keep on the front when you need, but more importantly, get a much leaner, more accurate replenishment based on your balance on hand, so you don't have to keep much in the back. And so if your back room is not packed and fairly empty, it's very easy to visually uh, prepare everything. So after it's a matter of organization. Okay. So it's a tricky so, question, Susie. Yeah. No, it was a good question. Um, very good question. So I would also argue, and I'd love to hear your reaction to this, I would also argue the retailer is not the only customer of this data. But as you start to, you mentioned direct store delivery. If I was Coca-Cola, I would love to know how much Coca-Cola is at the cooler at the front of the checkout, how much Coca-Cola is on the sales floor, where it's supposed to be bought, how much is in the back room of the store before I ever arrive in the store. So do you see there's an opportunity to share some of this data with suppliers, whether they're direct store delivery or otherwise? Because that's insights of what's going on in the store that I don't think CPG companies have ever had before. That's absolutely correct. No, I mean, the traction, the traction uh, of the CPGs on that technology is massive. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and, and again, it, the, most of the big CPG have used uh, mobile, uh, mobile, uh, mobile CV, mobile computer vision and AI and stuff like that. But having, uh, having a consistent visibility and, and having an AI engine that recognizes each location, each product in each location in the store, and then can monitor, okay, what's my, what's the, the, the velocity of my shelf? How does it turn? What's my level of, uh, what's my level of out? Um, another measure which is really interesting is the recurrence of the out, meaning is my uh, merchandising uh, appropriate? Uh, if a product is out twice a day, well, you have an issue. If the product is, is out, three times a week, then you have a replenishment issue. And then, and then, and then doing those analytics is going to bring, bring a huge amount of data to those CPGs. The, the thing is, if you look at, if you look at the, the most, most of the DSD, I mean, I, I'm always shocked by the amount of DSD product that are in the back rooms. Mm, yeah. uh, this is, I mean, I would say 50% of the back rooms, okay. For all the backrooms I see, almost fifty percent of the backroom is filled with DSD product, and, and yes, some of, many of them are high velocity. I understand that, but that still seems a lot of inventory on on, on the backroom compared to what's coming from the warehouse, for example, or the, the distributor. Yeah. Yep. Well, in a lot of cases, those direct store delivery folks are paid for and compensated based upon how much product that I move off of my truck to the store, whether it's on the back room or the sales floor. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the problem with reward systems as they work. Right. I think we had this discussion a hundred thousand times now. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's funny because every retailer is like, yeah, I know it's a problem. And, and <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's, uh, that's interesting. Well, and well, anyway, but so yeah, so to go back to your point, Traction yeah. from CPG is huge. And yeah. what we see now, I mean, and, and looking at part, for example, one of the things on the SES platform is having uh, uh, 
a portal for the vendors to go and see those data and, and oh. APIs readily available for them to digest those data. Got so it. all of that's already packaged. I mean, where the retailer wants to see by department and categories and things like that, or the CPG will want to see his brands. And so uh, and so it's, it's a different vision. And, uh, and, and, and for the retailer, there is obviously a monetization around that. Yep. Data is not free, right? Yep. The, the way I think about it, I'm, I'm, I'm from Arkansas, so I'm a pretty simple thinker. Here's the way I think of it. A retailer should know exactly what they have and they should know exactly where it's located in a retail store. But here's the but without a single associate or uh, or um, person at the store collecting data. So I'm not scanning anything. I'm not wanting anything. I'm going to let your system work in conjunction with other systems to say, here's what I have and here's, here's where it's located at a high degree of accuracy, not 60% accuracy, but 95% of accuracy. Now running AI engines to take that data and create tasks for the, uh, the employee to go get that product and stock it. Cause it's in the back room and not on the sales floor or the Coke person, your, your, your wife works for Coca-Cola before I even get to the store. I should have a heat map of the store that says exactly how much by skew I've got. So what do I need to bring into my truck? I don't have to come in and take inventory first. I don't have to go fill out the back room with a product because uh, I just want to make sure that's all there. I, I have the opportunity to create and deliver product directly to the associate. That to me is one of the visions that I would have if you share that data with the CPG companies. Yeah. It, it, and it's, and it's really, really close. I mean, I've seen the, uh... I've seen from the R&D team. I've seen uh, I've seen solutions of the, what we call the the, the digital twin. So mm -hmm. really, I mean uh, that tells you. I mean that's looking at the store as it is really now with the cameras and the sensors, which are remapping automatically the entire store in 3D, and that can tell you where the hotspots are. Hotspots, where are they? Where the the outs are, yep. and on the shelf, but on the macro as well as on the micro. And all of that being redesigned completely automatically. This is, I mean, the, I mean you have to see that by the way, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But, the, uh, but, but it's, it's really like, we have the cameras taking the pictures and then the cameras know their positioning in the store on the footprint and they're building a 3D view of the store where you can walk in and see the actual shelf. So the fact that we can do that is is well i mean it's, it's cool to see that i mean but it also implies that we have a level of data which is can be shared and which are completely actionable where mm -hmm. in the store th think about differently think about your consumer what well, i'm looking for my coke i don't know where it is and then i go on the on the retailer app and i say i tap i, I tap coke and then the system tells me turn right on left and you're there yep and it by the yep. way and it's on the shelf Yep. And so uh, and so that is a, a huge gain. Same thing for the personal shoppers. We talk about e-com. One of the there, there are two areas where where the, the, the technology is, is is bringing a revolution to e-com. First of all, well, I mean being able to tell a consumer if a product is out at the time of placing the order. So I mean that would be understanding it won't be refilled by then. Um, that might be a strategy. Uh, but uh, even more importantly, uh, making sure that the personal shoppers is uh, is notified of all the exceptions before it started its tour. 
So, so because what's extremely expensive when you have personal shoppers in the store, which are which are which are uh, building the baskets, is every exception requires a quite complex uh, decision making process. Do we substitute, or first of all, do we have it in the store? Yep. If we don't have it, but if we have it in the store, we need to call someone, go and check, and something like that. If we and then and then the personal shopper is not producing sometimes. If the if the product's not in the store, what do we do? Do we uh, do we just scratch it or do we substitute? What do we substitute with? So the process is complicated. So removing that exception management from the from the from the personal shopper store is a huge benefit for the for the retailers and yeah. and and the, and the and the shoppers in general. Got it. So yeah, it's part, it's part of it. Yeah. Okay. So another great question from our friend JW. Outside of the retail store. Think more upstream in the supply chain, warehouses, distribution centers, et cetera. Do you also see opportunities, AI or computer vision AI opportunities uh, in those locations as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I think that computer vision and AI is the the next revolution. I mean, uh, the, 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 really, the, it's a huge technical revolution for many, many areas. I mean, I focus on retail because I've been there for 20 years and I'm lazy, I don't want to change. But, the, uh, <laughs> but, the, but if you think about it, uh, I mean, take the Teslas, I mean, they, they are like, they have massive computer vision everywhere. In the warehouse, yes, of course you can go in the warehouse. For example, we've, uh, we, we've done, uh, we, we are working in, in uh, little, uh, little uh, autonomous stores, but for B2B, for warehouses. For example, we have a client which is a manufacturer of uh, plumbing, uh, plumbing hardware, and they put those little pots, it's like in a container, they put them everywhere uh, in the country where the, the plumbers can go and scan, get in, take whatever they want, get out. Mm-hmm. And the idea here is the fact that we have computer vision, uh, there is scales waiting uh, for the nuts and bolts because with computer vision, that's the limit. So, and this is where we start having the different technology. And we also have the, the price tag on it because every time they scan um, in less than 30 seconds, the entire store prices are refreshed to their own price because they have, they have negotiated price. So right. it's, a, it's a B2B, it's a B2B exception. In the warehouses, you're going to find a lot of, a lot of technologies, which are, I mean, again, the scales, uh, the tags, the blinking. You mentioned the blinking, the peak to light. Um, I mean, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of technology that uh, that are going to be used. Computer vision can be used to det- to detect defaults, defaults on the shelf, to uh, say, well, there's a screw missing. There, there are things missing, and this is when and and in, in a different environment, you can also think about a different process drones might be a good solution. If you have a drone that have like a regular tour, uh, checking all the fixtures, checking the inventory on the, on the third or fourth row, and those kind of things, I mean, that, that, that's absolutely, uh, I mean, this is not, I mean, it's, it's not 10 years from now, it's now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, believe it or not, we're almost out of time. Uh, it feels like we just got started. <laughs> uh, let me ask you one kind of final question. Um, the question is, and this is my one of my favorite questions at the end. What's hot right now? What's 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 a question that I should have asked you but I didn't? Right. So, what's on your mind, or any closing thoughts that you might have, or anything that uh, you'd like to share that uh, wasn't necessarily a question that you got asked? Well, my, my conviction is my conviction is is that in the years to come, I mean, technology uh, will drive the, the acceleration of the evolution toward a. Uh, I don't 
you like the world or not, but a digital retail store, like a really like a very highly digitalized physical store, uh, which is fast, efficient, and convenient. Um, we we have. I mean, during the, today we've talked a lot about how we improve the process in the store. I think we didn't talk too much about the customer experience, mm. and, uh, and and well, we implied it. I mean, if you find your product on the shelf, you have better experience. Yeah. But I think I think a lot of the technology will will be geared toward customer experience. The store the store of the future will be both a showroom for the clients to find new experiences and a storage. For the e-com to be able to fulfill the the, the the orders, and and therefore, boy, you need to marry those two visions. And and how do you how do you and, and how you transform your your customer experience in the store is uh, is definitely what's going to determine the the, the winners from the losers tomorrow. Mm, mm. Fascinating. Yeah, we didn't even we didn't even scratch the surface of the, of the customer yeah. journey, but. At the end of the day, that's why we're all trying to make sure the products are avail- available for them uh, when, when, and where they want them. So, Pierre, thank you so much. Uh, I know you've uh, you're a little bit jet lagged. You've been on a plane all day. You just got back I'm into uh, Atlanta, your home. Uh, we definitely appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Boy, computer vision, AI, the things that you're doing are are really, really breakthrough. And it's really exciting to see the digitization of the store shelf really come to life. So we thank you for that very much. Uh, We'll have your uh, LinkedIn bio as part of our podcast out there. So if people want to get in touch with you for any reason, they can do that. So thank you very much. Have a great weekend. And again, thanks for your time. Thank you, Mike. Have fun. All right. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Pierre regarding computer vision and what they're doing at One Retail AI. Please join us next time when we are joined by Steve Slatter. He is the Chief Marketing Officer of Williot Technology. He'll be talking a lot about how Bluetooth-enabled RFID technology can be used in the online or offline retail supply chain. Join us then.